Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Potomac Perspective. I'm Neil Shapiro, head of corporate communications at Stiefel, joined as always by our chief Washington policy strategist, Brian Gardner. Hey, Brian, how are you? Doing well, Neil. Good morning. How are you doing? Um, you know, getting ready for year end, uh, hanging the stockings by my non-existent uh, fireplace with uh, care and uh, getting ready for NFL playoffs. And it's all good. Just I know, busy, this week, a very busy time of the year. This weekend, we start with Saturday football as well. So we've yep. got Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Yeah, I, I always enjoy December, Saturday NFL football. Um, a lot of fun, uh, you know, just uh, getting, you know, it just gets you into, it gets me into playoff mode. It's great. I agree. Yep. Well, speaking of Christmas, Brian, and uh, stocking stuffers, um, so our Congress has still not wrapped up its 2022 agenda. We've got this omnibus, or should I say omnibust, get it, spending bill. Is there going to be something to stick in that stocking in terms of a wide-scale spending bill? Well, you know, if we want to keep going down this road and keep with the metaphor, you know, kind of depends on who's been naughty or nice. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, all right, enough with that. Let's let's. And we don't want to leave and, and a happy Hanukkah to everybody. Absolutely, well. we don't want to leave yes. anybody out. So sorry about that. But yes, okay. So seriously, this 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 omnibus um, bill. Yeah, so, what is the so? I, I, yeah, I I think Congress is heading towards towards an omnibus. Um, um. They're still not there yet. They're, they're st- um, and that's important um, that there's no agreement on a top line number. The, the rest of the bill can't be filled in until there's an agreement on the top line number. And that's what lawmakers are working towards. Now, there have been signals over the last few days that they're heading in the right direction. And I've argued that um, uh, the, the political interests would dictate that there would be an omnibus. Um, I think it's it's the best outcome for most lawmakers, um, but they're not there yet. So that means that a short-term continuing resolution or a CR is going to have to be passed by the end of this week um, to keep, one, to keep the government open because government runs out of money on September, uh, excuse me, December uh, 16th on Friday. And that buys Congress more money, uh, more time. Sorry to uh, uh, to negotiate the uh, the bill. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I saw a couple of interviews this morning. I saw Schumer basically saying exactly what you just said that everyone's got to be prepared to act quickly on that that short term one week bill. But yeah. then I also saw um, Senator um, Shelby um, saying that he is becoming more optimistic now than he was, you know, earlier that something would get done. And, and that, 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 that's significant, uh, for Senator Shelby's comment, because for people who don't follow this, who actually have real lives and don't follow this on a, on a regular basis, Senator Shelby is the top Republican on the Senate appropriations committee. He is one of the key players in all of this. Right. And one of the reasons why I have thought that an omnibus probably would happen um, is that both Shelby and his Democratic counterpart on the on the Senate committee, Senator Pat Leahy, they're both retiring uh, at the end of the year. They didn't run for re-election, and I think they desperately want to go out with an omnibus in place. They don't want to leave this undone and just hand it off to the ne- to the you know the the their replacements, their successors. Yeah. Well, Shelby, I, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but the interview I saw, he basically said he was more optimistic, but he also said, uh, we're moving in the right direction, but there still isn't resolution to something. So I guess and, my question and, to yeah, you is, and, what's and, the hang up? 
What's yeah, the I mean, one, I, I think that, you know, I, I, I think listeners can hear a bit of hedging in my voice. I mean, probably, likely, we're not there yet. Um, so, um, and I think that's that's consistent with what Senator Shelby was saying. Um, so this is not a done deal. Um, and the, the big hang up um, is this split between defense and non-defense spending. Um, Republicans and, and several Democrats want an increase for in defense spending, Democrats would counter that they want an equal amount of increase um, for non-defense spending, to which the Republicans would counter the counter um, with an argument that you've already gotten a huge increase in non-defense, in domestic spending um, over the last year and a half in various spending bills. So um, time has passed for for non-defense increases, it's time for a defense increase. And that, that's where the hangup is. So assuming we do get um, an omnibus agreement, and I know that's a big assumption, but let's say we do, what other, or will there be any other items included besides what we just talked about? Yeah. yeah so, you know, it, it's an attractive legislative vehicle because it had, you know, it's a must pass. It's kind of the last must do thing for the year. Um, and so, any lawmaker who's working on something that can't pass on a standalone basis wants to add it on. Um, and typically that's what happens, but I don't think the odds are that great this time around of, of putting extra legislation on an omnibus. Part of the reason is it's just so late in the process. Um, you know, if, if the omnibus came together a couple of weeks ago and they still had some time to to tweak it and negotiate it some more, then you could add some other items on. But given the late hour, I think I just think it complicates the process. Um, but there are a few things that I just want to touch on that um, deserve a little extra attention. One is the Secure Act 2.0, which is a retirement security bill. Um, that probably has decent, I wouldn't say overwhelming, I, I wouldn't even go above 50-50, but decent odds of being added on. It's relatively non-controversial. It has broad bipartisan support. So it doesn't upset the balance, the political balance of adding it onto the omnibus. The Safe Banking Act, I would say the odds of that are lower. Um, That is a little bit more controversial. Um, You have key lawmakers, especially Senate Minority Leader uh, Mitch McConnell, who's opposed to adding the Safe Banking Bill uh, onto anything. he fought that battle on the NDAA and won. Um, he may fight that battle again. So um, certainly, Safe's backers are pushing for it to be on the omnibus, but it's that, that, that's a that's a a bigger lift. And then relief from um, sequestration. So th- this is where this gets a little complicated, and people outside of Washington hate this stuff. But I'll, I'll talk about it anyway. So under the 2011. Budget Control Act, there's there are budget limits. Um, and if Congress, if spending bills uh, exceed those limits, um, then the, the Office of Management and Budget comes in and sequesters money from various programs. It cuts back funding. Um, and that's going to happen this time. It always happens. Congress never meets these targets. But Congress can and does waive the Budget Control Act. And that's what we're waiting to see. Um, and that's important for some of the, the issues that we at Steve will follow. Um, the uh, the Build America Bond Program, um, which relies on payments from the federal government to the states uh, for the, for the uh, for, uh, projects funded under that program. 
Um, there are uh, payments to healthcare providers under Medicare. Um, I suspect that the, the omnibus will include a waiver and waive sequestration, but that's not a done deal. Since nothing is finished uh, in the bill, you can't say with any certainty that sequestration is definitely going to be avoided. Okay. Well, so now we've covered the omnibus, but what happens if we go the route of the omnibus yep. and we don't get a deal? Then what? So um, I think there are two options. Um, neither one of them is politically palatable, um, but may wind up with one of them anyway. Um, one is a year-long CR, continuing resolution, and that basically funds the government for the rest of the fiscal year. Uh, the fiscal year ends September 30, 2023, um, and it funds the government at this year's funding levels or last year's funding levels, 2022 FY 2022 funding levels. And that means no, pretty much no increases for anybody, including defense. It makes planning very difficult. Um, it's it's not a very popular program. I, I think that proposal has been put out there by Democrats in a way to kind of scare Republicans into negotiating an omnibus. Um, that that's my opinion. Um, the other is a just another short term CR that would take us into probably February of 2023. Um, that would mean that the next Congress would have to finish up, you know, an omnibus or funding for the rest of the year. And that's also not politically um, palatable, for lack of a better word. Uh, sorry to repeat myself, but because um, then you'd have a Republican majority in the House. Republican leaders would have a tough time passing and uh, reaching an agreement with the White House and Senate Democrats and passing an omnibus. Um, I think that probably then lead could lead to a series of short-term CRs, which is very complicated for various federal agencies. And as I mentioned before, the Defense Department, the Pentagon, um, it, it's, it's a bad policy option. And since you go through these series of short-term CRs, there's always the risk that at some point somebody blinks and the government actually does shut down. You know, we're in a position right now where there's not going to be a shutdown. I mean, the odds of a shutdown are very, very low. Mm -hmm. But you you get into 2023 with no omnibus and, and no agreement on a year-long spending bill, and you're doing three to four-week CRs, at some point, you know, something can go wrong. And then you do have a government shutdown. So that's those, those are the other two options. And, and I think you can tell by my explanation that neither one of them are uh, particularly good options. Yeah. And then, I mean, looking ahead, we've got next year when things could get even messier because we're going to have a divided Congress. So having said all that, um, you know, how do you think things stand as we as we head into 2023, where the Republicans and Democrats are going to kind of split control? Well, I think the explanation of the of the spending bill under a short term CR kind of sets up the discussion of 2023 perfectly, um, because it shows the the challenges of divided government and not only divided government, but divided government with narrow margins in both the House and the Senate. So it makes it very, very difficult to get legislation done. Um, there'll be a debt ceiling increase in the second half of the year, probably the second half of the year. Um, so that'll have to be addressed. Um, there could be a cryptocurrency bill. Um, there's a hearing going on this morning on FTX. There'll be another one tomorrow. Um, there'll probably be more 
early in, in 2023. Um, Congress is, is definitely interested in passing a crypto bill. Um, I, that's not to suggest that, that, that there's a consensus on what that bill should look like. So that, that's a that that's um, that's a heavy lift. Um, there'll be bills that have to pass the reauthorization of the FAA, the Federal uh, uh, Aeronautics uh, Administration, um, uh, and you know planes are not going to drop out of the sky, so that'll get uh, that'll get reauthorized. Uh, an ag bill has to be reauthorized uh, and passed. Um, could be a lot of hearings on big tech and social media. You know, I'm not sure that legislation regarding those industries is going to pass, but they're going to get a lot of attention. Um, there'll be some collaboration on China from time to time. Um, there's this, you know, we discussed before, there's a bipartisan competition on which party can look tougher on China. Um, so China will definitely be part of the discussion in, in 2023. Well, you mentioned the crypto hearing that's going on today on Capitol Hill. Our boss, Steeple Chairman and CEO Ron Krzyzewski was mentioned um, for some feedback that he gave one of the Congress people looking into this issue. But, you know, you mentioned crypto and um, congressional action, but there's also the regulatory side. And one of the things that um, Ron Krzyzewski, uh, the CEO of Stiefel, has been somewhat frustrated with is that it's a little bit unclear who ultimately has the jurisdiction to... Um, to kind of control the crypto world, but that brings up regulation. And there's a lot of other areas where um, the regulatory agenda could heat up next year too. I would, I would think, Brian. Yeah, I, I would, I would say that's in DC terms. That's where the 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 action is going to be. It's going to be in the regulatory world. Um, crypto is certainly a huge issue um, for next year. Um, debates within the CFTC and the SEC on on whether they can make additional changes when they have that authority or whether they need Congress to step in and give them more authority. Clearly, they've already st started down the road of enforcement actions, and we'll probably see more of those. Um, but moving on be beyond um, digital assets, um, we're going to get some resolution of the, the China tariff issue. Um, the administration has been reviewing the Trump tariffs from 2018. Um, those tariffs were uh, expired or ex scheduled to expire after four years, and the administration, going according to the law, is reviewing those. Um, probably most of them, uh, the tariffs will be um, uh, reauthorized in early 2023. Maybe a handful um, get eased, but I, I think due to political pressures, most tariffs on Chinese imports stay in place. But we'll get resolution of that early in the year. M&A is going to be, I think, a very big topic in mm. 2023. It already has been in the early uh, parts of the Biden administration. Um, but, you know, so a lot of that uh, a lot of that action has been preliminary. I think it's going to start to come to a head more in, uh, in uh, next year. Um, the Department of Justice uh, is probably going to put out formal proposals on changing its vertical and horizontal merger guidelines. Um, so uh, that that's something to watch early in the year. Um, banking regulators have been signaling that they're going to review their merger guidelines, which which um, applied um, strictly to uh, depositories. Right. Um, a, a key banking regulator recently also gave a speech. Um, this is uh, Fed Vice Chairman uh, for Supervision, Michael Barr, um, that he wants to review bank capital rules um, holistically. So that probably takes some time, but that certainly is going to be on the agenda for 2023. Um, and then looking beyond financials and M&A, 
Um, you know, social media going to be a huge issue again uh, in the regulatory world. There's been lots of speculation over the last couple of weeks of the government banning TikTok. Um, other than states banning TikTok on state provided devices for state employees, I'm, I'm very skeptical that the government, the federal government at least, has the ability to ban TikTok. Um, but don't certainly, tell nephew, don't tell my nephew that TikTok is in jeopardy. My fourteen. Um, yeah, you know, it, it, it. People will speculate it from time to time, and you know, the um, one of the commissioners of the SEC recently um, uh, uh, speculated or, or suggested that it be banned. But um, I, I'm, I, I don't see the legal authority for the government to ban TikTok. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Congress could intervene and and provide uh, that authority, but then you get into First Amendment issues. Um, but that you know, First Amendment competes with privacy uh, issues, and so I, I do think that the government agencies are going to continue to work on data privacy and cybersecurity, um, uh, certainly with an eye on uh, TikTok and its customers and their data, um, how it is uh, stored used, disseminated, um, big issue for, for next year. ESG is going to be, you know, it's another big year for ESG. This kind of the overlap of, of Republicans taking over the House. They're very critical, House Republicans are, of um, of ESG policies. And you see this a lot at the state level where um, various state treasurers and uh, head of uh, government pension plans are intervening and Firing uh, asset managers that uh, that have ESG policies that um, um, that state and local governments oppose. So ESG is going to be a, another big item next year. Well, I think you know, I, I I thought maybe one of our 2023 goals would be to take Potomac perspective onto TikTok, but I guess I guess we'll have I think to that's wait. A and bad see. idea. We'll have to wait because I mean that's what the audience is clamoring for. The TikTokers, I'm sure, they can't wait for that. Well, Neil, you and I usually go for about 20 minutes. I don't know that TikTok is well-suited yeah, for no. our in-depth discussions. Um, I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I, 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 th- I think the TikTok audience probably has a little shorter atten- uh, attention span than uh, what you and I delivered to, to uh, our listeners. I think so. We're much more substantive, I would like to think. I'd like to think that too, but I will leave that to somebody uh, to, up to somebody else to decide whether that's true or not. Okay. Well, Brian, is this, I think this is our last scheduled podcast for the year. I think so, Neil. Um, and if it is, then a uh, very Merry Christmas to everyone, a happy Hanukkah, and certainly a, a happy new year. Uh, wishing everybody a very happy, healthy, and prosperous 2023. Same sentiments from me and Brian, same to you. And it's it's so fun. It's really a highlight. I mean, in all seriousness, it's really a highlight um, for my, for my work when we get to do these. So I appreciate it. And, uh, I look forward to more in 2023. Same here, Neil. All right. Well, thanks everybody. I appreciate you listening. Of course, you can find all the episodes of Potomac perspective on your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great holiday season and a happy new year. We'll, we'll talk to you next time.